Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators. Inspiring educators, introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Lila, the educator motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Lila Noor. That's at M-S-L-A-I-L-A-N-U-R. I am currently an instructional coach at Manual Arts High School here in Los Angeles. I'm also the CPM Regional Coordinator for LAUSD. Um, we like to start off every podcast with um, things that we're grateful for. And we want to make sure that we're starting in a space that's it's really high energy and it's really reflected on the amazing things that are happening in our lives. So this week, I am grateful for self-confidence. It is something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, you know, I want to get to a point where I'm like Kanye, where I'm like Kanye loves Kanye, like Lila loves Lila. Um, and, and that's been a, a, a development over time. But I'm, I'm really happy for and grateful for my development with my self-confidence and being able to believe in myself and my abilities and the things that I do um, because it hasn't been easy. And I would hope that a lot of people as well are, are working on developing their self-confidence. And I know they are because I hear people telling me. And so I'm grateful for not only seeing myself in that space, but hearing about other people getting in that space of being extremely confident with themselves. Confidence is key. Uh, awesome stuff. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jay here, Jadrian Grimes, here in Atlanta, Georgia. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Jadrian Grimes. That's J-A-D-R-I-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S. I'm currently the head of business operations at North Metro Academy of Performing Arts here in Metro Atlanta. Um, what I'm grateful for uh, this week is just a smooth um, transition thus far. Um, this will be my first year in education. I worked in banking and finance for 13 years. And one thing I can say is my colleagues um, at North Metro, um, they've truly been first class. Um, they've made this transition um, super smooth thus far over the past uh, couple of months. They've been extremely supportive, and I'm very appreciative of, of them. I've heard some horror stories in the past from some individuals, and I can say that um, a lot of that stuff hasn't happened to me thus far, knock on wood. Um, but I just want to let them know that I'm extremely thankful um, for them with the smooth transition. Good stuff, good stuff. And this is your boy, Dr. Christopher J. Childs, the academic rock star, doing what I do best, talking trash on the mic. <laughs> That was random and then I lost my train of thought. You can find me on <laughs> you can find me on social media at DRK Childs at DRK Childs. Any social media platform, hit me up. Check me out on MySpace, Napster, LineWire, all that good stuff. This week I'm grateful for everybody out there pursuing their purpose. Period. Go after your goals, go after your dreams, pursue your purpose. I am grateful for you if you're doing that because the universe needs you. You're put here to do something great. And I'm thankful that you are doing what you were put here to do. On this episode, we're talking about why teachers quit teaching. Why teachers quit teaching. A recent Gallup poll shows that almost half of the teachers in the U.S. say they are actively looking for a different job now or watching for opportunities. That's not only heartbreaking for the professionals involved, it's bad news for the stability of the industry. High teacher turnover impacts student performance and costs U.S. schools $7.3 billion. Billion dollars in losses every year. 
what are the issues driving teachers to quit and leave the profession? Man, Man. I, I I feel like, and you know what's interesting is that I've had, because um, I recently did quit teaching technically, um, and I had somebody um, else who's, you know, taking a leave, you know, sending me things on Facebook, and we're reading through this list, and we're like, oh, it resonates so much with what we're saying, and I think some of the bigger things is that um, when schools fail to give teachers a voice, and they fail to recognize their contributions and, and unleash their passion, you know, I, as, as teachers, we feel like, you know, we have our voice in our classroom, but there's so many other bigger systemic things going on that impact, you know, the way a school is run or the way things are, the way things flow. When we don't give teachers a voice, it, it, it feels so isolating and it feels so um, condescending to feel like you're just shut down. And because you are not at this level, then you don't get a chance to contribute. It's, it's, it's not important for you to, to give your opinion about what you think should happen. Or, and and then also like not recognizing their contributions, you know, yeah, we get that a little week when one, uh, what is it? One day teacher appreciation day or teacher appreciation week. Like, uh, okay, cool. And you know, every school <laughs> celebrates that a little differently, but when you don't really and truly recognize what teachers do, especially in, you know, it's real generic, you know, you're all just so amazing. You know, you're all just, you know, this. And it's like, okay, cool. But anybody can tell me that, like, do you really recognize the things that we do as individuals? And, and how we are passionate about what we do and what we contribute to the school. When you don't feel recognized and you don't feel like you have a voice, you kind of feel like nothing. So that's, those are the two the big things for me in terms of why you just wouldn't want to be there two, anymore. Two great points. And thanks for stealing my um, points, Lila. But, it, but it's all good. Um, I, I'll say to add to that, I think lack of a support system. Uh, whether it be from the administration, whether it be from your teacher colleagues, whether it be from um, community parents, whatever. Um, I think a lot of teachers quit because they think that or feel more so that they don't have the support system that they need um, to be their best selves every single day. And I've also saw scenarios too as well to add on to that where teachers are at the wrong school. Like schools teach different curriculums, different mm -hmm. ways. And your teaching philosophy is your teaching philosophy. So the administration will try to curve your teaching philosophy. Um, you just were not the right hire for them. You need to be at another school. You still are phenomenal. You still are great. You just need to be and take your talent somewhere else uh, where you could be utilized and where you will be looked at as an asset as opposed to a liability. Um, you teach the way you teach. Um, and as long as it's constructive and instructive to your students, then phenomenal. I think when that starts getting gray and, and people are starting trying to change the way you teach, um, I think you're in the wrong place and you need to figure out where you need to be. You're in the right profession. You're walking in your purpose. You're just walking on the wrong place. And I remember I got my very first teaching job. I was interviewing for it. The principal sat across from me and said, hey, it's not about us getting a warm body. It's about getting us someone that has the right fit for the culture we're trying to build here. And I think too many times teachers are limited in seeing only the environment they're in. And I travel literally the country. So I've, I see everything. And I tell people as I travel, every environment is not the same. A person can be a great teacher at school A, go to school B, and not be as great of a teacher just because of the environment. That doesn't make them a bad teacher or a bad administrator. The environment's changed. So 
a lot of people just need to change environment. And you can't, in my opinion, you can't make a decision about the profession if you've only been in your environment. You need to, you need to understand and see. Literally, schools within the same district are different. Schools within the, even the same little community are different. And you just may be in the wrong school environment. So instead of ranting about how school sucks, the kids suck and all this, change your environment. And if you change environments 20 times, that's different. That's on you. But different environments, different environments would give you a different way to view education and make sense of education. I think um, that support system thing is really big. I mean, teaching is so isolating. And not only just having, I think, the, the support system from the top, I think a lot of times within the school, and, and we talked about this on a previous uh, episode, and Chris gave us the devil's advocate. We'll find like none of the teachers there. <laughs> but I think it's really important to have that support system among teachers where you have people that you can lean on and, 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 and talk to. And, and, but it also goes back to not having the right fit of schools. Because if you're in a school with teachers that have a particular philosophy, and you go and share yours, and you're venting about how you know, creating this awesome collaborative project, you know, is, you know, you're struggling with that. And they go, oh, I don't do collab. We don't do that here. That's not our thing. You're never going to feel like this is the space for you. Um, But then, I mean, also to think about kind of the positive of why teachers quit, not really a positive, but kind of a positive, is that those that stay within education but aren't teaching anymore. You know, for instance, Christopher, you know, does all the stuff that he does. You know, that's the big man on campus. You know, he's still within education, but doing amazing things and reaching so many more people than he would have if he was just in the classroom. So you also think about those people who aren't in the classroom, but are out helping other teachers and helping, you know, create bigger systemic change and all these other amazing things that, you know, it sucks, you know, they're not there in that space, you know, directly dealing with those kids, but they're also making real dope stuff happen, like worldwide, because, you know, Chris is worldwide now, so. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about this thing called support. When we think about support, I think a lot of people look for the environment to give them support, but I'm going to ask you all a question. I want to make a statement and then ask you all a question. I think support has to be internal and external within the environment you're in. I think I was just on a call the other day with one of my mentees and they were looking for um, some support. And I said, you got to look internal and external. At, the, at that point, they were just looking within their district, within their area. I'm like, you, the world is flat now with technology. Look outside of that for support and then get formal and informal support mechanisms built in. But who I think you're responsible for developing that support system. Yes, I think it'd be great if schools and districts you know, had it set up. But with technology, you can develop your own. So to my co-host, who is responsible for this support system and making sure teachers are supported? I think it's definitely a combination of both. Um, but to start, you have to own it, right? We have to own our success in every endeavor that we want to set out to achieve in life, period. So we have to own that. Um, so networking with, with teachers and educators and, and administrators all across the country uh, figure out a way to do it. Like you said, so much technology right now. Hey, we have a podcast uh, that we're shooting right now where three of us individuals are able um, to network um, whenever we come together and bounce ideas off each other that where we can go back and share with our respective teams and our respective districts and, and states and wherever we're at. But to answer your question, I think it's definitely a, a personal thing. We have to own that. 
We totally have to own it, 100%. I think it's both like uh, and I, I I agree you do have to own it to an extent but I'm a hypothetical I'm a first year teacher I'm just walking in the door I'm trying to I'm just getting my feet wet I don't know a whole lot about a whole lot and I'm supposed to create my own support system and really learn how to teach and, and create my presence in my space and and learn how to deal with everything that is involved with being a teacher feel like that's a lot for me to do first year first year because I'm thinking about not just us being you know in the game a couple years I'm talking about people who just step in the door but think about if you're first year and I agree I think big picture a support system should be in place but as a first year teacher you possibly went through some teacher prep program whether it was in college or alternative cert what about developing a support system with people you just know in general or all of us have friends on Facebook that are educators. To me, though, those are ways we use a scapegoat. I didn't have a support system, so I quit. But for me personally, I just developed my own support system outside of work, outside of that. Everywhere I've been, I develop an in work and outside of work because I just think a lot of times the onus is on me and I get it. I get like, hey, I don't know anybody, but everybody knows at least one teacher and then they can connect them with somebody else. So to me, that's how you develop a stronger support system as opposed to a forced support system. Like this is a, your mentee at the new school. And a lot of times they, they're not helpful. They're just, in, in my opinion, you got to get out on your own. I think it'd be great to have one, but if they don't, you got to, as an educator, you got to be like, all right, let me develop my support system. Who do I need around me? What pieces are missing in this support system? Is that you, you know exactly, or we know exactly what we need. Person. That's it. You know what you need. So who does this really, 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 really well? Who does a phenomenal job at whatever I need? Let me pick the brain of this person because I know exactly what I need. Doesn't necessarily mean I have to take everything that they're telling me or what have you, but I can take nuggets away because I know what I need. Let me find that person. Let me network through people and figure out how to make this thing happen in your context Lila I do get that right we always want to be in a welcoming um, just great culturally um, just an environment that's conducive to positivity and everything is good and welcoming and supportive right but that's not the real world unfortunately in my opinion I, I think if you look if Dr. John Henry Clark said it best when it comes to he used the word friends he says if you're looking for a friend look in the mirror I think the same thing when we become educators, and it sounds cold in a sense, your support system has to start with you. It had a lot of people, it got to start with you. Go ahead, Lila. I know you're going to say, go ahead. No, I was no. I'm just saying I definitely agree. You do. I mean, being able to start with you as a support system in any context is, 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 an, is the, the basis. It's an amazing basis. It's exactly where you should start. I just know for people with different personalities and different learning styles. Like for me, I'm definitely, a, I, I want to be in front of somebody. Like I want to be sitting here next to you talking and having like that, that organic interaction. But I, I get it. We're in a world of technology and it's, it's, it's different. We don't have that ability and we actually, we can reach out to so many more amazing people because of the fact that we can reach across the globe with the click of a button, you know, that's, that's where we're at now. 
But I just know for me, it's it's hard to just feel like, oh, I can just shoot somebody an email or, you know, or I can call you. But it just, it's still, I, and for me, it's also weird because I'm not really a people person, like in terms of like making friends and stuff like that. So it's weird for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to pick up the phone. Like, you know how many times Chris told me like, yeah, hit me up if you need anything. Like how many times he had to say that for me to actually do it, <laughs> you know, like to actually first like shoot the text and be like, hey, like I'm wondering, you know, it's, it's weird. You know, some people it's, it's easy. They say, you know, hit me for anything and they're on your line next week. <laughs> you know, and it, it, That's how they are. But I guess like, I'm just thinking about my personality and how difficult that is for me to kind of, reach out to people across the globe. But I think it's getting, I'm thinking about first year educators and veterans getting out of our comfort zones and be willing to ask someone, hey, will you help me? Will you mentor me? And I'm going to be, 90% of people are going to help you and do what they need to do. 10% are going to be buttholes. But that's just, that's in any field. But I would say a lot of people that I've reached out to over the course of my career, and I literally walked up people, hey, I need a mentor or hey, I got questions for you on cold, like not even knowing the person and 90, 99% of the time they'd be like, dap me up. Hey, anytime I can help, here's my information, et cetera, et cetera. Cause a lot of people that are at a certain level or especially been doing it for a while, they really want to give back and help. But a lot of times people are afraid to approach them and ask them because they seem mythical. But I know I said all the time, anything I can do to help somebody, I do. Mm-hmm. And mean it. And, and mean it because some people, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are snakes. Like they don't mean it or they're trying to use you. But me, uh, personal game, authentically want to help. So as we think about why teachers quit, we discussed a lot about support system. I think that's one of the biggest reasons people do quit. Um, aside from, you know, everybody says I quit because of the money. I'm going be, I'm to be say this and move on. with. If you quit because of the money, you never wanted to be a teacher anyway. And what do I mean? Come on. You did not. Come on. You did not get in this field thinking the money was going to be there all of a sudden because, oh, you came into the field. So anybody that quits because of pay, you suck. You don't deserve to be an educator. And yeah, get out of the profession. Because it's no secret. Quick. What, yeah, quick. There's no t- secret what teachers make. It's not going to change because you're here. So if you quit because of that reason, you're just looking for some attention and a scapegoat. And if you got a problem with it, you reach out to me on social media. You can call me on that one. But that irks my nerves. They te- quit because of freaking pay. You knew what the money was going to be when you got into it. Quit because you didn't like it or it wasn't meant for you. The, the pay, it ain't, it is what it is. So, And let's be clear, when you actually become an expert in your field and you develop your skills and you actually collaborate with people, you end up getting the pay that you deserve long run, in the long run anyway. So when you talk about, so when you talk about, oh, I'm not getting the pay, that's because you just started out, sweetie. Are you going to PDs? Are you collaborating with people? Are you trying to develop new and innovative things? If you're not doing that, then of course your pay going to look the same. It's going to look like the amount of skill that you got. Period. Hey. Point blank. <laughs> So if you quit because of pay, get out the field. <laughs> and we're we gonna excerpt this part of the podcast and post it everywhere. And if you got a problem with it, come see us. Uh, all, we got all. real living. <laughs> we, got, we got real passionate, real quick. <laughs> now, what I want to do is let's give everybody one to two reasons they should not quit teaching. Because somebody's on the verge of quitting. Let's each give one to two reasons they should not quit before we transition. Oh, let me let me think. You got some, Jay? Let me yeah. Think. <laughs> if, if it's your why, if it's your why, and you've been purposed to do it, you better not quit. End of story. 
don't quit because you had a bad day or multiple bad days for that matter. Um, and don't quit because of people who don't directly affect what you are doing in the classroom. So you can have, for instance, parents, you know, you may have a, not a great, you know, parental support system. Don't quit because of them. Don't quit because, you know, these other teachers have their, their click going or you don't feel like that support is there. Don't, don't quit because of people who don't directly affect what you got going on in your space. When you get in your four walls and you close your door or keep it open, whatever, <laughs> with, with your students, don't quit because of those things. You know, it, it, it being hard just sounds like, oh, you know, oh, it's too hard. I can't tie my shoe. Like, you know, you, you figure things out. You work at it. You get better. But don't quit for those things, those reasons. Here's my thing. I only got in the teaching field to help students. And I said, the day I can't help students relate to students is the day I'll quit. I've never quit a job because I did not like education. I've left my jobs for better opportunities or it was a bad environment. Because for me, it's all about the students. So before you think about quitting, think about why you got into it. If you got into this for the right reasons to impact students, to change their lives, that should be motivation enough for you to keep going. And let that, for me, on the worst of worst of days, I think back to my student and they say, all right, we got to keep doing this because that's why I got in it for. So when you come into this game, think about why you're doing it. And if it's authentic, that's going to go back to Jadron State, your purpose and your why, and you're going to keep pushing forward. So do not quit this field. If, if you truly care about what you're doing, stick around, keep pushing forward to make it right. But if you didn't get in for the right reasons, yeah, quit. We don't need you. We don't even want bodies. Too much on the line. As Jadron said, perfect. Too much is on the line. And this was transitions to my favorite part, the inspirational moment brought to you by the one and the only Jadrian Grimes. Take it away. Speaking of quitting, let me say this. Not giving up is a mind state. It's a mindset that you can absolutely adopt. We talk about why. We talk about purpose all the time. Um, I think I've quoted Mark Twain before when he said two of the greatest days in your life is the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. When you think about quitting, I want you to think about this. Tell yourselves these things. I will persist when things get tough. I will either find a way or I'm going to make one. Every problem has a solution and I have the perfect ability to find it. Think about that. Every day I gain more knowledge and insight about what works and what doesn't, which means I'm getting stronger and wiser. Tell yourself that. Setbacks are temporary. Setbacks are temporary. I will find a way to get through this. And think, what's the best thing to do now? I don't care what industry you're in. We're talking specifically to education. They're gonna be rough days. They're gonna be tough days. But you always, whenever you can go back to your why, Whenever you can go back to the beginning, if you were purpose to do something, you need to fight and figure out how you're going to make it through that. You were called to do this work, obviously, whether you've been in it for one week, one year, one month, 10 years, you've called to do this work. Your influence is needed. People are watching you. You are an inspiration to so many people. Continue doing impactful work. Your work is not going unnoticed. And whenever you feel like quitting, always go back to why you started. If you've been an inspiration to one child, to 10 children, to 100 children, to 100 educators alike, if you've influenced someone to do great work in this field, 
you're exactly where you need to be. And I'll leave you with this. Do not quit. Remember, it's a mind state, ladies and gentlemen. It's something, it's that extra edge. Keep fighting, keep clawing, keep going. It's going to be tough. So is life. And you continue to go. Every day that God gives us an opportunity to wake up every day, simply saying your purpose in life isn't up yet. I have more work for you to do. So always remember that when you think about quitting. Hey, mic drop. That's it. Y'all heard Rev, Bishop. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Hey, this has been the Inspire Educators Podcast. There's nothing else to say. This has been the Inspire Educators Podcast. We appreciate appreciate each and every one of you. Remember your why. And listen, man, listen to the words of Jadrin. And on the previous episode, come back and listen to Lila. Lila, if y'all listen to these two clips over and over for the rest of your life, it would change your life for the better. But we appreciate each and every one of you. Do what you do best. We out. For real. Get out of here. <laughs> Bang. Listen to the